Bugs. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past four. It's Thursday. We like Thursday. Why? Because it's ever near a Friday. And why is Friday good? Because it's the weekend. And also, today, I don't have any interviews to do. <laughs> Yesterday, we did Ross Noble. Fantastic interview. We laughed all the way through. I don't think I've ever laughed so much. Apart, well, I've had a couple where I've had laughed most of the way through it. But they were, he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the town under siege by gypsies. Here. It's in this country. It's in this... Uh, it's not too far from here. Gemma Collins quits the jungle. You knew I'd mention it. Nobody died. Craig Charles is having to quit because his brother has died. And so that's why they didn't include him in anything yesterday. Somebody says losing them both. You know, it's a bit of a tragedy for ITV. She's no loss to anybody, I'm afraid. Oh, and the censors got it in for Paddington. That's the bear, as opposed to the station. There's a lovely piece in one of the papers today. Jimmy Ruffin dies. What becomes of the broken-hearted? 78. And this Arctic blast, which has crippled America, could be heading our way. Five feet of snow. There you go. There's a thought, isn't it? Happily driving a little car about town. Poodle, poodle, poodle. And all of a sudden they go, five feet of snow. I don't think it's going to be as bad as that. But I have driven in snow frequently myself, and I've had drivers who've driven in snow who I don't think have ever seen snow before. And uh, you have to kind of anticipate what's going to happen. I'm looking at the pictures in uh, Buffalo. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It really, it's funny, isn't it, snow? I, I love seeing it. I don't want to be in it all the time. I don't mind sitting there looking out and going, oh, look, snow, pretty. Always my, my big ambition as a child, to look out of the window. And when it starts snowing, you go, it's snowing! It's not settling. Oh, it's snowing again. Oh, it's settling. And you'd go to bed at night, and you'd wake up in the morning, there'd be a blanket of snow over everything. That I loved. That I absolutely loved. I realise it's absolute garbage to drive in. And it's not much fun if you, if you don't like it. But I mean, I just love watching it. It's so pretty. So, so pretty. But dangerous at the same time. Uh, the Love Rat Milkman we've got for you this morning. He goes on to the Jeremy Kyle show. He's, he tells work he's not very well. He's a liar. I mean, you'd think he'd, he'd be a bit intelligent, wouldn't you? Goodness sake, Kevin. You know, but why would you... You do a sickie and then you go on to a television programme. They're going to see you. <laughs> he's not in the audience. He's on the, uh, he's on the stage. Uh, the thieves have targeted the packed-up ceramic poppies. What sort of low-life scum would thieve those? Where would they be doing with them? Are they numbered? Are all these poppies numbered? It'd be so great if they were all had a little stamp on them so that you could go, this, this number is... If you buy any poppies with this on there, the police are going to arrest you. That's, you know, if any of these... But apparently since day one, people have tried to thieve them. I think they're right at the Tower of London. Perhaps we can go back to the executions up there. I'd happily behead somebody for nicking poppies. As far as I'm concerned, that's, that's stealing a body. I think that's, that's possibly the lowest of the low. But there again, I've come to the conclusion now that people have got no respect for anything nowadays. Uh, Steve Backshall, desperate to leave Strictly and get back to a normal life. I don't think he likes that Ola thing he's working with. I don't think she's very pleasant. What did she say last week? Little Miss Desperado. I mean, dear God, it's a dancing competition. Oh, I'm so worried I'm going to have a costume malfunction. Well, you quite clearly had a brain malfunction, dear. I wish you and your dreary old husband to toddle off somewhere else. And uh, Lembitopic. Good God, he's not still going, is he? Yes, the ex, ex-Liberal Dem MP, the ex-boyfriend of a cheeky girl. Touch my ass, don't be shy. Sorry, bum. Of course, it made it better than touch my bum, don't be shy. Where are they now? Absolutely blooming nowhere. And, uh, and then Lembit tried his hand at singing. 
and then he tried his hand at, um, at being a comedian. In fact, he systematically failed at every single thing he's ever done. And now he's pursuing a dominatrix. Um, because uh, he, he, he's sort of given her his, uh, his blessing. I mean, why would you want a blessing from a failure? Dear me, I'm trying to avoid Gemma Collins. I'm trying to word the, the, avoid the word failure and Gemma Collins in the same sentence, but it's going to be extremely difficult. I love the way that somebody from ITV has said, a TV source, losing Craig and Gemma in the space of 48 hours would be a nightmare for ITV. Why would it? I've just gone in there. She's, she's no loss anywhere. Apparently, she said, she'll be regretting, I don't want to ever be on television ever again. Please, please, God, please, baby Jesus, make it happen. Please, God, you know, don't let her ever go near a television ever again. I told you it was contrived. I told you this was all worked out beforehand. Her fee, incidentally, about 15 grand she'll get for that. Plus, she sold her story to the Sun already. I'm going to find out on Sunday exactly how much she got paid for it. I reckon she got about 10 grand from the Sun. What a waste of space. What a complete waste of space. What a loser. Loser. I think that's the next time. She's got a, a gig coming up this Saturday. And uh, but as I say, fifteen grand, I think, because you don't you don't get your full fee anywhere near it. If you've only done a few days, why should they bother paying you? Otherwise, it all come out inside a day. I told you she's a failure from start to finish. She's a nasty, horrible piece of work. In the only way is Essex. I mean, she's foul-mouthed, vile. Her ex-boyfriend the other day, Mr. Hamshi Hashmi, one of those two uh, two things, uh, he said, if she doesn't get her own way, she's vile. She's vile, full stop, I'm afraid. Vile, full stop. Anyway, just my humble opinion. And if you don't like it, tough. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, the other story is of the uh, the pickup artist denied a visa. I don't... Th- I think some of the people who are being interviewed on the... Te- I don't think they'd ever seen him. I, don't, I think what they'd done is they'd heard what he'd said. He's explained it away. You know, why would you ban somebody for that? My God, we've got perverts living in Rotherham who've had to be named to keep them away from young girls. And, uh, and they've, they've also been told that they have to pay the uh, court costs. Not pay nothing, not paying anything at all. They're perverts. I think I'm quite glad that they've been named and shamed. I think hanging's too good for these people. They've been told to stay away from young girls. That's what they are. They're perverts in Rotherham and they're named in the, uh, in the papers for today. Why have, uh, Paddington's film critics got it in for him. Oh, dear, I don't know. We're going to be running the Hugh Bonneville interview this weekend. It's a very, very good interview. I always say that about my interviews. I don't have bad interviews. Sometimes I go into them thinking, I wonder what this one's going to be like today. And with Ross Noble yesterday, somebody said to me, you won't have to worry about it. He just, he just talks for the country. I said, that's good. So I, I sort of, you know, did my research, as I always do, and get all the stuff out and watch all the clips. And I said to him, we've got so many things in common. And it turns out that not only does he do most of his live shows ad-libbed, but uh, he loves circuses. He loves uh, certain film genres, which I like as well. Uh, sort of sometimes sort of dark, dark films I quite like. And, um, and, and we also like old comics. So we were, in, we were in seventh heaven. Seventh heaven. We had so much fun yesterday. I mean, we really did laugh. All the way through, because he just keeps going. And then we started... He said, I'm really sorry to talk about old comics. I said, no, no, don't worry about that. I said, I love talking about old comics. Um, oh, I found yesterday in Marks and Spencer. I got the last one. They're mini chicken Kievs. You get 12 in a box for a fiver. Little mini chicken Kievs. Yummy, yummy, yum, yum. I'll be trying those a bit later on today. Linda Bellingham's son claims that she would be alive today if Tess hadn't missed her bowel cancer. 
It's going to... I mean, I can understand exactly how he feels. This is uh, Michael. He says, I think she could have been saved by a colonoscopy, which is a simple op where the bowel is checked with a camera. Yes, I mean, she probably might have been. And the trouble is you ask these quick because you get angry. After somebody dies, you get angry going, why wasn't this spotted? Why didn't they do anything about this? You know, why, why weren't we told? Why couldn't they do it? And you, you do get quite cross, so I'm with him on that one. I know exactly how he feels. Uh, never too latex. Here's Kate Moss wearing latex, really inappropriately. But actually, there was a picture of poor old Sarah Ferguson. She can't get it right, can she? She's got no idea about fashion. She's got this... I mean, she looks like she's sort of draped at a car tyre. It's a ridiculous kind of look. And then there's a picture of uh, Kate Price, the worst-dressed woman you've ever seen in your entire life. I've never known a woman who has got... So little imagination when it comes to clothes. She manages to look cheap and tarty in anything. You, that's why none of the big designers want her ever wearing any of their clothes. Please don't wear our stuff. You'll cheapen it. And the same goes for Danielle Lloyd as well. Please don't touch it. Burberry, go away. But you look at Katie Price and you think, I mean, it just looks absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. But then again, you see, we like to laugh at things like that. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. And then we had the... Uh, the student demo the other day, half these people weren't students. They were anarchists. They go out there deliberately to pick a fight with the police. That's what they go out there for. They're a bit stupid in the upstairs department, and uh, but they're nothing to do with students. OK, they just like to hijack it. That's why they were particularly garbed up for this, so that they couldn't be identified. They deliberately went there to cause trouble. As far as I'm concerned, arrest them all, sling them in prison, or failing that, stick them at a troop ship and just push it out. Just push it out and just let them sit there for the rest of their life. Makes it so much easier. I mean, we had to bring hundreds of officers in. It could have been really peaceful, but they were sort of throwing fireworks and all sorts of things. These are professional disruptors. These are people who are anti-everything unless it's their own drugs. They love their own drugs, these anarchists, and they're living in the dark ages. They can't bring themselves into, into the proper thing because they all think they know what they're talking about. But, of course, they haven't got the faintest idea. It's a bit sad, really. I mean, you know, who goes on a, on a demo in London? Not even approved by the NUS. Not even approved by the NUS. Who goes on a demo with black masks and hoods pulled over their faces? Anarchists, the simpletons out there. The simpletons, you know, the sort of the little bit, you know, if they had a brain cell between them, they'd be dangerous. Other pictures of um, oh, the dreary old Gemma Collins. I'm so bored with her. What a fraud. The moment it came through yesterday, I tweeted, I was right. I told you that's how it would go. They obviously, her agent said to her, she's got a very good agent, and said to her, listen, fat bird, there's no chance that you're going to do anything in the jungle at all because there's people in there who are going to be garnering all the publicity for standing under a shower. You can't do that, dear, OK? Because you're not attractive. OK, there's nothing good about you at all. So we're going to have to try and sell you somewhere else. How can we do it? OK, this, this is the plan. This is, this is this hypothetical plan. OK, you go in, OK, get into the helicopter, and at some point, make sure you've got that, that mascara that runs, because they've made, you know, non-running mascara, for God knows, since sort of Price was walking around the earth. And uh, so make sure you've got that so it really adds to it, OK? Get in the helicopter and then go, how, how long is this going to go? Go. I could get out. I could get out. And it was then that she started dropping the hints that we knew she wouldn't do the programme. I knew from that moment on because every opportunity she went, I can't do this. I can't do this. And so that the headline on the, uh, the Sun today, which is quite funny actually, because they've got exclusive Gemma, Secret Agony Made Me Quit the Jungle. I thought, oh, couldn't it? Period pains? I don't know. I couldn't think of any secret agony. Nobody died in her family. No, the old garbage that the, uh, that the fat ones come up with is that uh, her boyfriend smashed up her house before she came out. 
That's the reason. She she couldn't do it. I could, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. You've never been strong. You've always been the weak link, I'm afraid, in the only way is Essex. You're just, you're just a fraud. You're not a role model. You're nothing to anybody. Absolutely nothing. You're one of the most vile characters in there. Even the TV critics say that. Foul-mouthed, disgusting... You know, you've achieved nothing in your life. Absolutely nothing at all. You're just the fat, ugly bird who turned up on a television programme and they went, oh, she's funny. And then, because she's not attractive, she has to sleep with as many as she can. And so the latest one is a convicted drug dealer. And this, apparently, was the agony that made her quit the jungle. Oh, and the fact that her mum's not very well. But, of course, her mum's fine, because she was tweeting her the other day, saying, good luck, baby girl, you know, mummy and daddy are right behind you. As I keep pointing out, Gemma Collins is 12 years old. It's quarter past four. This is LBC. And the team with you at seven o'clock this morning, as controversial self-appointed dating guru Julian Blank is banned from entering the UK. Nick will be asking, is it censorship? Plus, why was a school downgraded by Ofsted for being too English? And can the Bible make children more well-rounded? Nick and the team at seven, looking at the papers today for him, Hugh Muir. The assistant editor of The Guardian will be live in the studio. So I get back home and uh, all the power's off in my place. And it's pitch black, so I have to sort of go to the whole cupboard, you know, flick the switch. It all came back on again. And I was reminded, because I'm old enough to remember, when we used to have regular power cuts. Uh, and I think it was to do with the coal miners' strike. And they said, the, to conserve energy, the power will go off in your area. They used to tell you in advance. They'll say, right, tonight it goes off at six o'clock. And bang on six o'clock, everything went off. So you had to make sure you had your candles ready. So if you were halfway through blow-drying your hair, it was a nightmare. Because you had to make sure that everything was was sort of sorted out. So it's all right if you had gas, because you could still have your central heating. But if you relied on everything electric, you were completely up a gum tree. And it went off, and it seemed to be quite quite regularly. We seemed to have it, I don't know, over a month or something like that. And... Um, and I, I remember thinking, I used to have to get ready to go to my discos, but because I didn't need to be there till eight o'clock, I had to get ready by about five, because if the blooming things went off, you were stuck. I had to make sure I'd had the bath, got out the bath, and I was all ready, and everything was where I could find it, in case I tripped over things. So I've decided today that I'm going to go to Costco, I'm going to buy a torch. I do have torches, but I've decided I'm going to get a couple of torches, to leave them strategically around the place. So if ever there is a power cut, I've got a torch, and I can, uh, I can cope with it. Because all my stuff is electric. I mean, the... Uh, the actual boiler is gas, but it's electric that turns it on, which is a bit of a pain, <laughs> so I'm going to lose that one. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, what else we got for you this morning? What else we got for you this morning? That was about it, actually. I was just going to... I mean, it, it was only the, the Gemma Collins thing that was interesting, because the, the scenario was that they, they would say to her, listen, start dropping hints that you can't do it and uh, everything else, and then what we'll do, we get you out and then you sell your story. I reckon all these deals were done ages ago. I reckon done ages ago. I don't think she ever had any intention of doing anything. Any intention of doing anything more than, than sitting out there and going, me, 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 me. And that's, that's as far as it went. And so I was correct yesterday. In fact, I, I said she'll be out by, by the weekend. There was no chance that she was going to be uh, staying any longer. No chance at all. Because why would she? She's, uh, she's a self-centred, self-obsessed, foul-mouthed little nobody from a reality show. She doesn't have any, any discernible talent. There is no discernible talent there at all, apart from just being vile to people and being a horrible bully, horrible person. Strangely enough, they, they put some bloke in, a failure from The X Factor. I don't quite understand what he's doing in there. I thought it was, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I mean, you know, so what's Jake Crickenden doing there? He's got no talent at all. He hasn't got any talent for singing. That's why they kicked him off The X Factor. 
So what's he in there for? Edwina Curry, I can understand. Presumably she needs the cash. That's the only reason they, they go into the jungle, is to either sort of try and relaunch a career or kickstart one. Gemma Collins's career was nowhere. Nowhere. You know, what, what, what can she do in, I shouldn't imagine her clothes sell very much. They say she's scheduled to co-host the Plus Size Awards, which I think is coming up this, this Saturday. Although her agent says that she's, um, that she, she cancelled it a long time ago. But she's thought to be joining uh, Matt Johnson, whoever he is, after last year's host, Jeff Brazier, was forced to step down. Why on earth was he forced to step down? So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly dubious over the, uh, the thing. Uh, family commitments, Jeff Brazier's was. God, be all... Funny thing is, you know, you see poor old Jeff Brazier. He didn't get that many gigs out there. And uh, Gemma Collins, you know, so, uh, I mean, if, if I was sitting there, I'd be booing. I'd be throwing stuff from the table. Throwing stuff from the table. The British Plus Size Awards. That's the Fat Bird Award. And there she was with no makeup on. All poor me, poor pity me in the jungle. It was seriously pathetic to watch. Never mind. Uh, right, other stories of the paper. Poor old Paddington. He gets it in the neck, doesn't he? Mind you, he's not the only one. Pooh Bear's getting it in the neck as well. Pooh Bear is deemed, um... <laughs> they're not sure what sexuality Pooh is. And so they've, they've, uh, they've not let him, uh, be used on a, um, on a children's playground because of his dubious sexuality. What Pooh Bear? I mean, he's a bear, isn't he? I just imagine that all bears are male. That's what I think. They're going to be talk- actually talking of, uh, of dangerous animals. Bears come pretty high up the list. I should imagine hippopotamus are also fairly high up the list. This is after a zookeeper at Whipsnade Zoo. I've been down to Whipsnade. It's owned by London Zoo. It's an offshoot of London Zoo. It's ZSL. And it's big. They have a lot of the animals that they don't have at London Zoo. So you've got herds of wallabies that sort of just wander about all over the place. <laughs> They've got these enormous rhinoceros. And this man, apparently, was sort of... I don't know whether he was pushed around or whether a rhinoceros was... Ba- I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But uh, he's in a serious condition at the moment. And they're going to be talking about dangerous animals today. Because Steve Bakshall, I'm sure, did a, a programme about dangerous animals. And I'm pretty certain that apart from the usual things like venomous snakes and lions, because they're big and they just want to chase food. So if they see you running... And they're hungry. They're, they're going to bring you down. They, they, they don't differentiate between man and animal. They couldn't care less. They're going to do exactly the same. That horrendous story, which I keep repeating, about that, that poor schoolboy who was out there and the lioness came looking for food. I don't know why the security wasn't up there. And then we had another thing, didn't we? We had another boy who was attacked uh, by a polar bear that came into camp. And again, when these things stand up, polar bears can be up to 13 feet tall. They're enormous. But this poor boy and the lion... He ran. He made the mistake of running. And, of course, the moment you run, you're, uh, you're just fair game. And so it brought him down, I'm afraid. The, uh, the other thing was they had a picture, didn't they, of a lion. And there was a little antelope sitting in the grass next to it. And, of course, the lion, they don't attack things until they move. They, don't, they, they, they can't quite differentiate. In other words, if you sort of put, you know, a little antelope down by a lioness, she'd just sit there looking at it, probably licking it. She wouldn't actually kill it until it got up and tried to run away. And that's when they become dangerous. And I'm assuming that rhinoceros can be very dangerous. Elephants, bull elephants can be very dangerous. But I always thought that one of the animals, certainly in the top five, would be a brown bear. Because they can outrun you. Again, they're absolutely enormous when you see them. They're absolutely enormous. I mean, they, and these things climb trees. So if you're running, 
You're not going to be climbing a tree anytime soon, are you? Because they just shin up them. As babies, they shin up them. Here's the, um, the, uh, the grooming gang. This is this bunch of perverts, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this is in Birmingham. Apparently officers, police officers, said naming them would have breached human rights. They've been named in the papers uh, for today. Uh, two of them. Uh, there's uh, Javed Khan and uh, Shah. They're largely Asian men grooming and abusing them. Uh, two of them were caught by police in a hotel room with a girl. On another occasion last month, police saw the teenager getting out of a Nissan Micra containing Anjam and Ahmed in the early hours. In each case, the judge rejected explanations given by the men for their behaviour, because they're perverts. They're simply, they, were, they were caught on uh, camera the other day, coming out of court, and they were sticking their fingers. Who do these people think they are? Who do they think they are? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, as everybody said in the... In the community there, they need to know who is a threat. Uh, Anjam and Ahmed have been told to give £2,000 towards the council's legal costs. They claim they can't pay. Well, I think we take everything away from them, I'm afraid. As far as I... They have no right to anything, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Perverts. Perverts. Um, what's this? Oh, the zookeeper story. And uh, this is at uh, Whipsnade. They are they are big. I think I don't know how many rhinos they've got down there. I know they had a baby rhino a short while ago. Um, it's interesting that the Zoological Society will have to investigate this because I'm assuming that all the keepers are quite trusted. They know exactly how their animals are. So whether this was a, a freak one-off, I've got no idea. Uh, the truth about East European migration... One in 30 Latvians are living in Britain. One in 60 Poles are also here. And statistics don't even show the latest influx. And here they are, thousands of Romanians voting in elections in Portsmouth this week. Strange, isn't it? Also, this this very bizarre story, and the one that, that we did first on LBC, and I don't know where to, where to go with it. Vishal, who died 33 years ago, the eight-year-old boy, and his, uh, his father wants to know whether his son was a victim of the Westminster paedophiles. Did VIP abusers murder a boy? That's what he wants to know. He wants answers. And somebody somewhere's got them. We were talking about this in the office the other day, and um, James O'Brien and I were having a discussion about how many children actually go missing. In the course of a year, about 140,000 children go missing. 99% are found, which leaves a vast percentage, over 1,000, who are never seen of ever again. They disappear. Vanish. Some might go abroad, we don't know. Uh, either way, they just disappear. Now, if there are paedophile gangs in Westminster, and we know that there are paedophile MPs, we know because they've been, uh, you know, the names have been hinted at for a long, long time, you know, why is nothing being done about it? When Cyril Smith was arrested, that big question, wasn't it? Who was it who gave the instruction to say, just let him go, just let him go, just leave it alone? Did that ca- wh- where does that come from? We were having this long discussion the other day about, you know, what protection has this poor man got? He wants to find out about his son. His son's body was discovered in a wood. He didn't have his legs. He was missing. Now, whether or not that was foxes or animal, I've got no idea. We don't know. We don't know how how long he'd actually been there. But his father reckons that his murder was covered up. And to be honest with you, the way the evidence is stacking up, it's looking highly likely. Highly likely. But uh, will we ever see people named, or will they just sort of pass it on to sort of dead people in society? They go, well, it was hip. We had one the other day, didn't we, who was a, uh, a convicted paedophile who turned up on Jim will Fix It, a programme which um, was absolutely ripe for anybody who was interested in children, because the programme featured children. It featured children. That's what it did. It was, you know, they went on there, never thought about it. I tell you, for me, the alarm bells were ringing when Jimmy Savile went on a fix-it. 
That was the only time he went with a 12-year-old girl to the Dead Sea because she wanted to know what it was like to float on the Dead Sea. And pervert Saville sat on the beach and then floated in the sea with her. The only fix-it he ever went on, and nobody picked up on it except me. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Do you think Gemma Collins' statement, she'll never appear on TV again, Steve, is legally binding, says Mike. Could we sue if she does? Oh, don't you think it's funny that she's going to be co-hosting this thing? You know, she cancelled it because she was going in the jungle, I reckon. She had no, no intention of staying anywhere anytime soon. She's a real stuck-up-her-own rear-end kind of person, you know. I'm not doing it. You can imagine. Her ex-boyfriend said she's quite revolted. She tipped curry over him. She's that sort of person. As far as I'm concerned, that's a pushing-out-of-the-window kind of job, isn't it, really? Somebody throws curry over you. I don't know what, what do you do. Sit there and take it? I don't think so. I don't think she should make promises she won't keep. I know. And Mike says you were 100% right. As usual, she wouldn't last. Well, I could see it a mile off. The indications were there from day one. They were dropping the hints. You know, she was sort of saying, oh, I, I don't think I'm up to this. I'm not as strong as, as I thought I was. You were never strong, dear. You were never strong. Vile worse. Vile person. Absolutely vile. But I bet you anything, they'll be doing a link with her into the Today, into the uh, This Morning programme. Old Pip Schofield will be doing something. So why did you come out? I was just, I'm in a better place now, because now I've stuffed my face, and I? That's what it'll be. Now she's eaten about three meals. She'll be uh, more than happy just to sit there doing nothing. Uh, Adam says, right again, Steve, about Gemma Collins, the hippo. Are you sure you're not a relative of Mystic Meg? No, listen, excuse me, hello. Mystic Meg is just made up. She was a secretary at the News of the World, and they wanted somebody when June Penn left. And uh, so they said, listen, if you stick this wig on your head, love, and you can pretend to be Miss... So that's what it is. It's just, it's just no, no power at all. Nothing. There's a piece in one of the papers today. It's very interesting. I can find it. Lots of pictures of the uh, anarchist thugs, anarchist thugs. There's one here. There's people sitting at a table having a cup of coffee in a Starbucks, and he's attacking a Starbucks window with a crowbar. You know what he is. He's a thug. He's a pathetic little waste of space wearing his little girly outfit. You know, to be honest with you, I'd have gone out there and tasered him. Make it a lot easier. Why the police should have to put up with these people? I mean, some of them were carrying smoke bombs. Students don't go around with smoke bombs. They're too stoned, aren't they? They're not going to go out there with smoke. Oh, pretty smoke. Ooh. You know, you're never going to find a riot in a gay club, are you? Put it that way. And people say, don't touch the hair! Don't touch the hair! You're never going to get that. And with normal students, it's the anarchist side of it. That's all it is. These, these are the people who are, who are causing all the all the trouble. Nothing to do with students. I mean, students are so lazy and laid back. You know, you can barely get them out of bed in the morning. The idea of, we're going on a march. Are we? What time? Oh, about sort of ten. Ten? What, in the morning? They'll get up till eleven. Bill Cosby, all the papers, they've had to cancel something at one of the uh, big TV companies in America that was going to go on because of these allegations, and now Janice Dickinson has stuck her six-penneth in. She calls herself the world's first supermodel. She was never a supermodel. She's a rather barking mad person, as we know, because we've seen her on television here. But uh, she's come forward to make claims of Bill Cosby. She's 59. He's 70... 70-something, I think. But uh, there's, there's quite a few have come forward. Is it funny? You know, the biggest names. The biggest names, and then somebody will come forward, like, 30 years on... Why now? Why now? Why 30 years on? Why would it be, you know, 30, 40 years? We had it sort of here, didn't we? So it turns out that anybody who, you, you know, that you had really bad sex with some years ago can actually go and complain about you and go, it was really awful. And then people investigate it and you think, oh. Because it's very difficult to prove anything, isn't it? If somebody says you had sex with them and you go, no, I didn't. How, I mean, how do you ever, pr- I don't know how you ever prove it. I suppose that's why we wait 
and we have to see, you know, after the uh, Crown Prosecution Service has been through it and weighed up the evidence, then decided that you can't prove something like this in a court of law. A clever lawyer would just pull you to pieces. Uh, there is a, a torch in Costco. Best torch I've ever owned, Steve. It's about £15, including that. Oh, it's a lot of money for a torch. But I'll buy it. I'll buy it anyway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, if Ola Jordan is worried about a wardrobe malfunction, my advice, wear more, says Ian and Surbiton. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Not many anarchists are very intelligent and enlightened people. It's just a lot of people who vote are a bit thick, says Mark. Uh, and somebody says, I can't believe Gemma Collins on the front page of The Sun. Oh, I can. Absolutely. Oh, good Lord. I mean, I, I could have predicted that one immediately. Put it this way, the moment she came out, and I think this was all contrived, I reckon there had been phone calls from her agent to The Sun going, you interested? Or felling that The Sun would have phoned her agent and gone, listen, we're interested in an exclusive. And there'd be more to come, I bet you anything. I mean, I just find it a little bit, little bit rum that there's people in there who are actually going through this because they're doing it seriously and waste of space fat girl has sort of decided that uh, she's barely going to last three, four days. She's coming out, and she makes the front page of the papers. And she's the loser in this. She's the loser. So, of course, I mean, I, I could have predicted immediately. I mean, as, as you quite rightly point out, the more, the more low rent and the more dim they are, the more the papers will go for them. That's why Joey Essex gets... I mean, luckily, he hasn't had any coverage for ages because they've suddenly realised he really is thick. You know, I think Gemma Collins just plays thick. Not in her thighs, admittedly. I mean, that, that's quite quite genuine, you can see that. Uh, there's no padding on her, put it that way. When she falls, she's going to roll, bounce, do just about everything. Well, she probably has just done about everything. But anyway, so they, they'd be very interested in her in the newspapers because they get, you know, because somebody breaks down and cries. Remember Vanessa Feltz did it. Would Vanessa like to come to the diary room? No, I won't. And she had her famous breakdown. They've all done it. They've all done it. And, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, no matter what image they give over to you, and no matter what, you know, I mean, I can think of a couple of very, very well-known people on the television, one in particular, and people have said, oh, isn't this person absolutely wonderful? I've gone, let me tell you a few own truths. Let me tell you what this person is really like. Really awful. And in fact, it's the only thing unanimously we've all said in the office about this particular person. I'm not even going to drop a hint as to who it is, but it's somebody who's a household name, and uh, the public go, oh, aren't they lovely? And you go, no, they're not. They're really nasty. Really, really nasty. 8850stevenlbc.co.uk. Why have the absurd film censors got it in for Paddington? Whilst letting children see films that are truly violent. Paddington's a pretend. Uh, they say the film is a triumph, even if the bear's a little too foxy. He does look a bit foxy. His snout is a bit too long. It should have been pushed back in again. That was what I, I said to start with. And, you know, he's, uh, he, does, he does look, and when he speaks in something, he does look like a fox. But remember that they're acting with a stick and a hat on the top of it. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're sort of, uh, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> because he doesn't actually really exist, which is good. Uh, 84850. Steve. Gemma Collins for a curry over her boyfriend. How true is this that she doesn't seem to be one to waste food? Oh, I'm not saying she just didn't eat it. <laughs> I thought Mystic Meg was fake, Steve. Been telling predictions and not one has come true. I know. I used to love her on the lottery, though. I mean, you couldn't... I used to see her walking the corridors at the BBC. And if you were very sneaky, you could see the wig sitting on a hat stand because it's an acrylic wig that she wears. And, um... And she'd sit there and, get, and now they go, Mystic Meg. And then they cut to this woman being swirled with green smoke. And the, the number 12 is significant, she'd say. And I'd sit there thinking, you know, you might as, as well have said, and the number 6 is fairly popular too. 
You know, there's a 49. We'll be lucky for somebody tonight, she'd say. And I'd sit there thinking, this is rubbish. This is rubbish. <laughs> 84850, oh, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, um... Poor old Helga in Dulwich. Are you on medication, love? She says, excuse me. I don't think people will. You're in Dulwich, dear. My daughter is a third-year student at Roehampton News Ready, working damn hard. Lazy, she is not. Of course they are. All students are like that. You're not with her, are you? She's at Roehampton. Have you seen her at Roehampton? Phew, blimey. Oh, people go to Roehampton to get their webbing adjusted. Oh, she'll be doing all the usual stuff, Helga. Lazy, she's not. Excuse me. So I noticed that she can't actually raise herself up to sort of reply. Uh, another one here. The idiots attacking the police at the tuition fees demo had their own agenda. Well done, the NUS, says Ian, for having nothing to do with them. Exactly. Why would the NUS want to be associated with a bunch of thugs out there? As I say, the majority of students don't get up in the morning, do they? You've seen them on the bus. They stink. Students. Pfft, dear, horrid people. Horrid people. Um, <laughs> Australian scientist Steve have found a new species of imported chav down under. That's Gemma Collins. She will be deported. Oh, no, she'll be sitting out there in the lap of luxury now, laughing at the stupidity of them for taking her in the first place. Ah, I don't know. It's awful, isn't it, really? So, poor old Paddington. The film is is a triumph, though. It gets four stars. You'll love it. It's got snow in it. It's got Christmas. It's really good. You'll like it. All right, so it's not necessarily, you know, as accurate a portrayal of Paddington as you... Because you've got your idea in your mind what Paddington looks like. That's what you thought. Oh, my God, who's that? Oh, it's poor old Sarah Ferguson. Do you know, the years are not kind to Sarah Ferguson. She's only 55. She looks so old. Really, really old. And um, they went to some do the other night. It was a a birthday. And uh, Sarah's wearing this sort of... I don't know what she's wearing. I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's some sort of leather dress. But she doesn't photograph well. She's a bit unfortunate. You know, some people photograph very well. That's why some people are models like Kate Moss, because they photograph very well. When you see Kate Kate Moss, she looks as ordinary as the next person. But when you see her photograph, she photographs very, very well. Some people are lucky. They've got bone structure or their eyes are in the right place, you know, front of the head. And, and that's how it works. And then you get somebody like Sarah Ferguson, who's a bit like Cherie Blair. Cherie Blair can't take a good photo if her life depended on it. Every single picture you see, she's either got a mouth open or... It's like, uh, which, one of the, uh, which one of Sarah Ferguson's children is the unattractive one? Is it Beatrice or Eugenie? I can't remember which one it is, actually. It could be Beatrice, I don't know. But uh, one of them's got very big bug eyes. And again, they don't take good pictures. Whereas a sister, Be- Be- Beatrice, is the horsey one? Is Beatrice the horsey one? Right. Is she the one going out with somebody who's something to do with um, Virgin? I think. I can never... I get so confused with them. I really do. I know both of them are a little bit of a waste of space. <laughs> it's typed in Beatrice. Beatrice Virgin. That's the one. Yeah. Princess Beatrice. That's it. That's her. Yeah. She's she's the um, she's the, wait a minute. We're just sort of trying to get it up quickly. And um, yes, that's right. She, she's the one who looks about 14. And again, no sense of fashion at all. Her boyfriend is Dave Clark. And um, he looks like her grandfather. <laughs> it's a bit odd, really. She's just a bit peculiar. And um, he's uh, he's something to do with this Galactica thing. Virgin Galactic, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. OK, OK. It's quarter to five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. Twelve minutes to five is the time. Jamie says, is Mel C going into Corrie? No, it's the scary one. Mel, Mel C's Melanie Chisholm. No, it's, it's, the, it's the scary butch one. 
who's uh, apparently going into Coronation Street. As what, I can't imagine. Really got no idea. Uh, 84850. No such institution as Roehampton anymore, says Lee. One you should get it right. She can't even get it right. That's what I said. Is she on medication, this woman who wrote in? It's the University of Surrey. Many years ago, my Susie graduated the university as a teacher. In her final year, it became University of Surrey. No such place as Dulwich. I know, I'm from there. Uh, <laughs> Dulwich. Actually, there's no such place as Middlesex, either. Middlesex went some... I don't know what we are now. I think we're just sort of part of... I don't know what we're, we're part of, really. Um, apparently, Matthew says, bumped into Peter Andre in Dubai yesterday. He has a concert tonight. A concert in Dubai with Peter Andre. How hilarious must that be? That must be very funny. I quite like that idea. Um, with all this fuss about the sexual sexuality, Paddington and Pooh, I wonder, says Mark, if a young researcher might have typed the words gay bear into a search engine and got the wrong idea. <laughs> it's only a thought, isn't it? Yeah, gay twink. Uh, Noreen says the Blackpool Hotel is still in the news. I know you aren't keen, but we were there for a few days ago and the hotel was excellent. Oh, did you stay in the hotel? You didn't. Tell me you didn't stay in that hotel. Tell me you didn't stay in the hotel. Did you stay in that hotel? She said it was a bit faulty towers, but added to the entertainment. <laughs> right. £36 they paid. £36, that's what the room was. The hotel have now refunded the £100, and they're going to delete it from the... Because they must have realised that they're going to get a load of bad publicity. And uh, Nori says, saw Jimmy Ruffin died. Yeah, he was 78. He had what becomes of the broken heart. What else did Jimmy Ruffin... Uh, forever... There was quite a number of good songs around that Jimmy Ruffin had, and for the life of me, off the top of my head, I can remember what... I know he wrote a lot of songs. He was one of the forerunners at at Tamla Motown. And somebody, he was, we knew that he was ill because he'd been taken to hospital. Um, oh, I'll say... That's right. Farewell is a lonely sound and comes from someone in love. I've passed this way before. It's wonderful to be loved by you. I don't want to sing them all because it's really embarrassing because I don't sing. I'll say forever. That's that, that, that was the one I was doing at the beginning, which is very good. What Becomes of the Broken Heart? It must have been rewritten about 300 times. Still nice. Still, you know, 78. Good innings. Very, very good innings. Very, very good innings. Um, so poor old Katie Price... You know, that's the Katie Price who doesn't actually have anything going at the moment at all. She's going to have to try and get married again to try and get some money and get some publicity. But at the moment, she must be sitting there staring at all the reruns of her old shows, which were pretty lame, weren't they? Uh, She's uh, criticising Kim Kardashian for her Break the Internet mag shoot, showing her bare backside. And uh, she's very angry. If there's one person who can't get all moral, it's uh, it's Katie Price, who's made an entire career out of her fake boobs. The shameless poser told Australian TV she was shocked by Kim's uh, recent risque snaps. This is the TV station in America that really believes that she's got something to contribute to a radio programme because they say they want her because she's outspoken. She's not. She gets everything wrong. She doesn't know anything at all. I mean, she really is the original thick as a brick. Completely wrong over Kim Kardashian. They also wanted to invite her on to talk about fashion. She didn't know anything about fashion. You've seen all her fashion disasters. Every single one is a fashion disaster. Perhaps they're a bit desperate in Australia. It is mainly convicts, though, isn't it, out there? But uh, it's a bit of a shame, really, because poor old Katie Price, who'll do just about anything to get herself in a, in a newspaper. It's just not happening, is it? It is just not happening. They, she can't get arrested. I, I do feel a bit sorry for her. I'm trying not to. I'm, I'm generally speaking quite a benevolent sort of person where it comes to, um, you know, people who don't have any talent. I'm, I'm more than happy to single them out. 
more than happy. Uh, the hotel couple, the place that now we've discovered <laughs> Noreen stayed in as well, uh, they described this uh, hotel on TripAdvisor as a stinking hovel. They're going to get their £100 back. Uh, the hotel clearly thought it had come up with a way to stop bad reviews. Nobody at the hotel could be reached for comment. Exactly. That's a, that, therein lies the answer, ladies and gentlemen. They really should have done. They should have fronted it up and turned it into a positive, but obviously they're a bit too stupid up there. That's why they, they're, they're not able to do it. But they could have done it. They really could have done it. You know, and, and tenor go, please come in. Listen, we do have hot and cold running water down the walls. And, uh, and then have, the, have, have all the staff in the thing there with fags on. It could have been, they, they could have really done it cleverly. Really, really done it cleverly, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Another one here. This is, uh, this is from uh, Sarah Ferguson's two daughters need a reality check. Has either of them ever performed any public duties in return for their royal grants? I'm not sure they get royal grants anymore. I think one of them got a security guard or, or you know, sort of a royal detective. I don't know why. They haven't actually done a day's work in their life, have they? They turn up. The trouble is, they are the ugly sisters, aren't they? At the ball, it is Cinderella. They are the uh, they are the ugly sisters with Sarah Ferguson as the as the matriarch. But then you see the entire family is a bit a bit like that, aren't they? They all, you know, are after what they can get. It was freebie Andy. It was after Air Miles. Sarah Ferguson will take anything for free, and uh, stays a lot of the time in America, which is. Uh, which is, you know, it's a brilliant place for her because they, they worship anything over there. They're, they're more than happy to go for that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The chopper pilot has a lot to answer for. When Gemma Collins screamed at him to let her out, he made the mistake of landing it first. They hadn't even taken off. They never even took off in the blooming thing. That was the thing. She sat in there and she's obviously going, I think I'll do it now. <laughs> I got into debt on the knowledge. I didn't get government help, says Johnny G. It's it's amazing, isn't it, really? It is absolutely amazing. Will Gemma get her full fee? No. I've just told you, if you listen at the beginning of the programme, Alison, I've told you she gets 15 grand. That's it. That's what they get. If you don't, what's the point? Because otherwise they'd all be going in the jungle and then sort of just going, I can't cope with it, and walking out. Loads of them have walked out before. It's nothing new. Brian Harvey, who spends most of his time because he's, he's out to lunch in the upstairs department, he walked out for a short space of time. Mainly because everybody was, you know, they weren't picking on him, they were just telling him what a waste of space he was. And Gemma Collins, who tried to draw as much attention to herself, didn't integrate with anybody in the camp, didn't do anything at all, didn't want to mix with people. You know why? She's got no conversation. She's got nothing. What's she got to talk about? What has she got to talk about? She's got absolutely nothing to talk about at all. She can't, she can't talk about celebrities. So, you know, that's why. You can't, you can't sort of make something out of something not. You know, if, if there's nothing there, you're working with nothing at the tall, nothing at all. Ian says, my student's son gets up for his weekend job at 3.15am, an exception to the rule. What's he, a burglar or something? He's getting up early to get into the houses. <laughs> uh, another one here. Do you remember the Brian Connolly show? And septic Peg? Yes, I do. I remember, well, Brian Connolly, of course. Of course. Love Brian Connolly pieces. Uh, Graham says, re scary spice in Corrie. She could be a transsexual mechanic working with Kevin. Yes. <laughs> yes, she could. <laughs> to be honest with you, every picture you see of her, they, they try to make her look feminine. It's not working, is it? They are trying desperately to make her look as, as, you know, because you've got Cheryl Cole, and no matter what I think about Cheryl Cole, she's obviously class, you know, I mean, in terms of, in terms of Newcastle Council estate, she's obviously a bit of a looker, 
We'll have a look around there. You know, you can just see her standing in front of a burning car, can't you? I don't know why. I've just got that image in my mind of her standing there doing that sort of famous pose where somebody's holding, you know, two car tyres in front of them. And it could actually be on fire behind. But unfortunately, with sort of Mel B, you, she's, 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 she is building herself up to look like a Russian weightlifter. And that's why it doesn't... Uh, doesn't work. CJ says, poor Sarah Ferguson's lack of ability to edit a good photo. He says, well, you wouldn't photograph very well if you had a face like a... Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but some... I mean, I don't take great pictures either. I don't take great pictures. But that's so I have to be airbrushed. But I don't mind being airbrushed. I'm quite happy. As long as it don't make me look like a Thunderbirds puppet, I'm, I'm doing all right on it. Uh, Steve Backshall... Desperate to get rid of uh, Ola Jordan, according to the papers. I love these sort of rows. I think they're fun. I think they're great fun. I don't like... I can't stand her and her dreary husband. He was complaining that they've just done it to get rid of her off the show. And I said on the programme, listen, they don't need to start a fake row to get rid of Ola Jordan. They just go, we're not using you anymore. Goodbye. And she goes. That's how it works. You know, but the husband, of course, I mean, what is he doing now? He's sort of making daisy chains somewhere. Very dreary. Not very good on the celebrity programme. Didn't ingratiate himself to the British public. Just came over as a bit nasty, I'm afraid. And she's coming over as nasty. We're now told that the uh, the row they had before, when they kissed and made up kind of thing, it was just for the cameras. Because the BBC said, listen, we don't want this sort of publicity. We don't want that kind of thing. So can we kiss and make up? OK, behind the scenes, they're back to where they were before. So they tell us. Yeah, whether you believe it or not, I, it doesn't really matter. Really doesn't matter. And, uh, oh, there's a great one here. This is a lout who smashed his skull after falling through a school roof, is suing a council. Thomas Bucket was 16 when he fell 15 feet onto a concrete floor after being dared to jump on a skylight by four pals. And so he's actually claiming money. He needed his skull rebuilt like a jigsaw and is suing the county council which owns the land where he fell. <laughs> Can't make it up, can you, really? It's, you know, what are we doing on the roof in the first place, sweet pea? What are we doing up there? OK, up to no good? Up to no good. No, as far as I'm concerned, you don't get anything at all. It'll be wiped out of court, won't it, that one? Well, you hope it'll be wiped out of court. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. What else do we have in the post? I was trying to find... There was something apart from the only way is exit for poor old Gemma Collins, which, which sort of makes a mockery of all the other people in the school, but as I say, in the school, in the, in the jungle, but she doesn't really care about them. She, she doesn't know who any of these people are. They don't really know who she is, apart from she's left and they're probably going, thank God for that. I wish somebody at least speak their mind in that place. Um, Santa this year is shunning Sherry. If you're thinking of leaving anything out for Santa, you know, I think you're supposed to leave something out for the, uh, for the reindeer. And you're supposed to leave... I think it's some biscuits and a glass of milk, and apparently some people leave him a sherry. Small wonder, if he drank the sherry every hour, so by the time he got to house number four, Santa would be off his trolley, or off his sleigh. Talking of sleighs, the killer snow, sweeping America. Could it come over here? Britain will feel the blast, and the other day it was pretty cold, and you're going to be feeling it a bit more over this weekend, as it gets even colder. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. I'm with you till 6.30, Monday through Friday, and I'm here Sunday morning. Between 5 and 6, it's In Conversazione. And Hugh Bonneville, this week, from Downton, and from the brand-new Paddington movie, will be in. And who else is in this week? I keep forgetting who else is in. It's this week. Elijah Wood, that's right. Elijah Wood is in as well. And so he'll be on the programme. He's got a new film out about Dylan Thomas. Uh, the Met Detectives fears of a child sex ring cover-up. If one of the Met Detectives thinks there's been a cover-up, you can bet your bottom dollar there really is. How accurate are psychics? Can they really predict the exact date of a death? 
No, and they can't do the lottery numbers either. And um, the thieves who are targeting the ceramic poppies. It's LBC. Thanks. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Linda Bellingham's son makes the front of one of the papers this morning. He claims she'd still be alive today if Tess hadn't missed her bowel cancer. It could have been something quite simple. As I said before, I know exactly how he feels. The zookeeper fighting for life, gored by a two-ton rhinoceros. Terry Wogan claims chivalry is dead. I think it is. I actually got on a bus the other day before a woman. Although sometimes people push on. School children mainly push on. Um, the Arctic blast, which is crippling America. Five-foot snowdrifts in Buffalo. Could be heading our way, not necessarily the uh, the snow. Craig Charles has quit the jungle. His uh, older brother has died at a very early age. And Gemma Collins has quit the jungle. Nobody died, apart from her rather pathetic career. I do delight in that. I was so pleased when I was right the other days. It's only because I looked at it and I just saw the warning signs. Uh, Paul in Putley says, uh, I haven't heard you on the radio in years. Obviously been in prison or something like that, I should imagine. He says, uh, but uh, when I was a rower at uni, getting up very early to train before classes, your cheery greeting was a real treat. I shall tune in with my fingers crossed in future, because I didn't use the word morning team. I do sometimes, I do sometimes. I haven't dropped it completely from the repertoire. It's always there to be regurgitated. Malcolm says, have you seen the TV ad with Mel B as the 50-foot woman? Is that for bingo? Is that, is that for, uh, is that for, I mean, I, don't, I can't remember what it is. Is she standing by Tower Bridge in it? I seem to... That, vaguely, that's, uh, that's ringing, a, ringing a small, small little alarm bell for me. I had an Asian minicab driver stop and buy a pint of milk off me this morning, says Kevin the Milkman, just in case you thought other people were standing out there just selling milk. Uh, I saw he was listening to LBC and I said, you listen to Steve Allen? He said, Steve Allen, he non-stop talk, doing the talking movement with his fingers at the same time. Put a smile on my face. <laughs> Steve Allen, he non-stop talk. Ah! Of course, people say to me, goodness, you could talk for the country. I go, yeah, it's a talk station. I don't talk, I don't get paid. And also, as as you've now gathered, the more words I can get in, the more money I can earn. If I can get in, you know, in three minutes, a lot of words, I get paid extra. I get paid extra for that. There's no point in sitting there going, Steve, I had, you know, it'd be too slow. I couldn't, I can't do things like that. I'm a bit like that uh, comedian, Ross Noble, who we talked to the other day. He just talks. He says, by the way, if anybody's going to see Adamant in Islington tonight, make sure you uh, get there in time to see the opening act. My eldest son, Brandon, known as singer-songwriter, Brandy Rao. Is it Brandy Rao? Brandy Rowe? Well, I don't know now, so I'm going to get into R-O-W. His music is best described as where folk met punk and fused perfectly, says Kevin. That's your son, is it? Who's supporting Adamant? How cool is that? Cool, that's a nice... That's, I think that's really cool. Because we know we had Adam uh, Ant uh, on In Conversation a little while ago. He was lovely. He was really lovely. We got we get certain people who get retweeted uh, every time we go so-and-so, so-and-so. And we've got some, some really good ones coming up. Some really, really good ones coming up. They've, I think they've been brilliant. This last six months, we've had some fabulous names. Some really, really good people. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So the pictures of this, uh, this blast. And, uh, but they're all geared up for it. We're not really geared up for bad weather, are we? I mean, local councils put that orange-orange sandy stuff on the roads and it'll go up the oh, dreadful the side of the car which is not so uh, not so good 
what's this? Political correctness gone mad. Nick will uh, be talking about this this morning on breakfast. You're too English. Too English? What can too English be? And uh, 20 millionaires guaranteed on Saturday night for the lotteries. They uh, celebrate 20 years. A million pounds, though. I mean, unless you're about 95, a million pounds isn't going to go that far, is it? I don't think. You know, I mean, if, if you're sort of the age of the producer, you know, a million pounds. If, if he put it into a property, he's ain't got a... I mean, he, he could stay where he is and invest a million pounds and sort of leave it, just leave it. So when he gets to retirement age, at least he's got something there. That would be a, that would be a good thing to do, wouldn't it? Yes, it'd like, be nice to start with a million. Yeah, I'd, I'd like, quite like to start with about 19 million. <laughs> I still cling on to the dream that, as they keep telling me, it could be you. So far, they've been wrong. It hasn't been me, ever. But they do go, it could be you. And friends of mine say, oh, just give up on the lottery. I say, but you never know. Could be me. <laughs> they go, it won't be. I go, it doesn't matter. It's like, I tell you what the, the, the worst thing is. And here is where a lot of people fall down on the lottery. A lot of people do exactly the same numbers. Okay, they do the same numbers week in, week out, year in, year out. If you win, just suppose you put down six, just suppose, hypothetically, you put six numbers down and three of them come and you get a tenner. People still hang on to the same numbers, assuming that those three numbers are going to come in again. You've got to multiply the odds each time. So if, if, you've, if you put a set of six numbers down and you get four of them and you win some money, change the numbers because they're never going to come in with another two added on top of them. You understand? Good. You don't understand at all, do you? <laughs> You're not related to Gemma Collins, are you, Steve? You seem to know so much about her, says Rich in Ockenden. Ockenden. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, the only reason we know about her is because uh, her agent pushes her onto all the papers. She's going to be in every little cheapo throwaway magazine, isn't she? Edwina says, I won't kiss and tell on Major in the Jungle, which she wouldn't be allowed to. The lawyers would be watching, like, uh, you know, very closely. That's why they say, are oh, we going to put them in there hoping they're going to spill the beans? Of course they're not going to spill the beans. They never do. They never do. It's just, it's just absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Uh, there's uh, one man in the papers, uh, quite a lot today. His name's Nick Conrad. He's a radio presenter uh, in Norfolk. So it doesn't really matter, actually. It's in Norfolk. Nobody would have heard it. And uh, he was attacked yesterday for saying that women should keep their knickers on as he hosted a debate about convicted rapist and football Ched Evans. He suggested that women were responsible for men's actions if they give out the wrong signals. A BBC spokesman later said that some of Mr Conrad's comments were very ill-judged. He's not, he's not the brightest penny in the box. I know Nick Conrad, because he used to work here. But he wasn't quite up to speed. He was a bit too young and a bit too inexperienced to talk about things. He doesn't, he doesn't quite know, you know, what he can say and what he can't say. So he's, he's probably better on Radio Norfolk. I think he's only about sort of 24, 25 or something like that. He might be a little bit older. But uh, only he's, he's 29 the married father of one, but he's he's not experienced him. That's why he's on Radio Norfolk. That's why he's on Radio Norfolk. Uh, so he makes all the papers today, and now there's a Twitter campaign to say he's got to... You know, again, people jump on a bandwagon. They didn't actually hear what he said. He apologised for, for a couple of the remarks if people took them the wrong way, but he said it wasn't meant to be like that. Nice picture of uh, Barbara Windsor, third Amy Winehouse Foundation. Graham Norton was there as well, and uh, John Snow... Barbara, looking younger by the day, honestly. 
looking a bit like emu in this picture. Where did she get that, that jacket from? Where did she get that jacket from? I need to know these things. 84850 uk. Kevin says, you were right with, the, with row, as in row a boat. Thank you. <laughs> I thought I might have been, actually. I thought I might have been. I can't find these blasted mince pies in Iceland. It's no good putting adverts in all the papers. You can't get them. You know, it's, it's rapidly turning into the Christmas present that is beginning to annoy me now. You know, you would think that they'd be churning these things out, you know, really, you know, by the, by the shed load or lorry load. Here's old Nicole Scherzinger, and uh, she was uh, leaving a, a nightclub in London. She's 36. Aren't you a bit old, dear, for a nightclub? Aren't nightclubs for younger people? Not for 36, no. For 36, dear, you go to a knitting circle or you sit in the ivy. You don't go to a nightclub, dear. You're way too old for something like that. And uh, she's gearing up for her West End debut as Grizabella in a revival of Cat. Oh, God, really? As Grizabella? Not sure about that. Not, not sure about that. Life expectancy of baby boys now 80. Still trails the girls. And um, there's 40 pilot whales seen near London. They were swimming up shallow river channels in Essex, just north of the Thames. Aren't they clever? Aren't pilot whales clever? I hope they're not going to do one of their... They're beaching things, which they do every so often. That's not so good. That's where they always have a, a death wish, or one decides to die and the other sort of die in sympathy. An heroic dog has been honoured for helping to detect cancer, including her unsuspecting owners. This is Daisy, 10-year-old Labrador. I'm terribly impressed by dogs that can sniff out cancer, illnesses. They can tell when the doorbell rings. They do all sorts of things, don't they? Uh, apart from doing drugs, money. There's even dogs that sl- sniff money out. Have we heard of such a thing? And, uh, and in, in America, they've got dogs that can sniff fruit as well. So if you turn up at the, some of the airports, Florida in particular, and you've got... Oh, by the way, Florida's temperatures have plummeted as well. So if you're going on holiday today, take something warm to wear. It's very, very cold. Very, very cold. Um, uh, Jenna said, Steve, a leather dress at 55. Oh, please. I know. I know. I mean, the trouble is nobody's ever told Sarah Ferguson that she dresses like a bag lady. She can't, she doesn't know what to wear. She's got no idea. She's just got the wrong shaped body. But you're right, 55, 55, um, and a leather dress. And also a badly fitting leather dress. You've got to be pencil thin to wear a leather dress, and, or even leather trousers. And she's not pencil thin, is she? She's definitely not. Um, there's, uh, the papers are all running with uh, Janice Dickinson. I was sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby, says model. Again, this is going to be trial by media. He's not been charged with anything, as far as I'm aware. Um, he has refused to comment directly on the most recent claims. He settled a civil suit in 2006 with another woman over an alleged incident two years previously. But he has been dogged by this. Um, and he did pay people off before... So I don't know whether or not people are jumping on that bandwagon. I've got no idea about these latest things. It's occurring in America. I'm sure something will eventually uh, come out and people will then know exactly what is going on. Uh, Julie says, had a good afternoon. Started off with afternoon tea. And then uh, myself, Lizzie and Winnie went to see the new musical Memphis. Great show. Really, really good toe tapping throughout. And uh, your friend Paul was spot on with his review. It was excellent. I know, bless his heart. I saw him the other day, actually. I was going to go and chat to him because I was in the studio and I've got uh, various things and he's, he's on, on another radio station. And uh, I was going to go and see him, but then I got so sort of bogged down with it. Oh, I found you a little strip of mud by the sea for sale. 
If you were thinking of winning the lottery and helping me out, it's going for about 6.25 million. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Morning, Rupert. Uh, 6.25 million for a strip of mud, but the sea view is free. And the reason it's, it's so expensive is because it's on sandbanks. It's on the peninsula. And what they've done is they've knocked down two houses and then they've put up nothing. They've just left it blank. And they reckon they can actually get two houses on this site. This is terribly expensive real estate. Terribly expensive real estate. And so 6.25 million for a strip of mud. But you do, you're, you're actually looking at the sea. In fact, play your cards right. The sea can actually come in and talk to you. It's lovely. It's not up the, uh, what I call the really expensive end. It's up the, uh, it's up the other end. Which is, uh, it, either way, 6.25 million. That's just for the land. They haven't put anything up on it yet. Uh, Paul Cooper says the tree looks fab. Yeah. Have you noticed all the lights on the uh, on Sandy's, the fish shop in Twickenham? He's gone mad this year. Absolutely. I was going to take a picture this morning. He's gone absolutely crackers. Absolutely crackers. Uh, quickly here. The Ideal Home Show, Diana, says it was great. So Christmas. This is the, uh, the Christmas Ideal Home Show. And uh, she said we must have walked miles. Lots of nice cafes to plonk ourselves down. And as soon as I got home at 6.30, flaked out on the settee. I woke up at four with your spikers. And uh, she said, guess who was posing outside in the snow? Amy Child. Oh, dear. We never did discover why she was there, not having seen her inside the show. So she sent me loads of pictures. Oh, it looks wonderful, doesn't it? Oh, I, look, oh, I might have to do this. This actually looks like my, my kind of place. You know me and Christmas. And uh, if there's a whole... Thank you for all the pictures. They're lovely. Oh, blimey, it's lovely inside, isn't it? Oh, this de- it's got an ice rink and everything inside there. So this is at uh, Earl's Court. So, and it runs, I'm assuming... Oh, of course, trust you to find the booze counter. Straight for the booze. No messing around over there. So I might, I might have to go over this weekend if I can fit it all in. Um, we saw the tree in Covent Garden whilst wandering about... Uh, wandering about before the start of the show, and so she sent me a picture. Of the, there was a tree's got to have enough lights on it. I've got about three hundred lights on my tree at the moment. It's not quite as many, I don't think, as um, as they've got over the fish shop. I think he, I think he's got loads and loads. Uh, no, Steve, I have not. Oh, it's a twin pack of LED torches. I haven't taken the winner out yet. No, I'm I'm hoping to, hoping to very very shortly. Uh, I'll tell you what the weather is a little bit later on. I don't want to bring it to you just yet, because I don't, I don't really think it's that important, the weather. You just know it's going to be OK today. It's OK. Three numbers on the lottery, says Gary, in Bromley, pays £25. I had no trouble getting Iceland luxury mince pies in Bromley. They are good. Yeah, I, well, I, I knew them, because we had actually tried them before. And they were they were very, very nice. Very, very nice. Um um, what's this one here? Sally says, we can stop the American LeBlanc from coming to our country, but allow the guys who've been fighting for ISA back in. Can you explain? If only I knew. If only I knew what the answer was. The answer is, I don't know what the answer is to that one. Uh, 84850, uh, Another one here. Uh, James Jordan does live commentating and marking on Twitter when Strictly is on. Not at all surprised. Uh, apparently the spokesman for the Broadway Hotel in Blackpool, Basil Fawlty, was unavailable for comment yesterday. <laughs> that would be very funny. That would be very funny. <laughs> 84850, steve at uh, Steve, somebody did die. Yes, we know. Craig's older brother. That's why he's leaving the jungle today. Where are you, what, you're a bit late on this one. It's 20 past five. We did that one at the beginning of the programme. Judy says, you don't talk. 
much. Um, another one here, very quickly, from the papers as we whiz through. Uh, the stand-up comic, Jason Manford, he was in the other day with Julia Hartley Brewer. And uh, he quit a primetime TV slot because of a sex text controversy. Now says it was for the best. At the time, of course, it wasn't for the best. The publicity was absolutely terrible. And, in fact, it killed his career momentarily. He was supposed to be presenting on the one show... And I think that uh, this emerged... I think he'd, he'd done a couple of shifts, and then all of a sudden, it finished. And that was... Uh, it was a real disaster. A real disaster. Uh, looking forward to In Conversation this week, says CJ, as I loved Paddington Bear books as a child, and I enjoyed watching Lord of the Rings with Elijah Wood, who played Frodo. He's tiny. Seriously, he's tiny. I was I was absolutely amazed when he came into the studio. I thought you, I don't know why you don't I never think about people. I've been so used to sort of talking to Daniel Radcliffe over the uh, over the years that I've never really thought about it. Never really thought about it. Uh, Jake, what's his face? Quickenden, the X Factor reject. Apparently now a celebrity. It's a joke, really, isn't it? He's dumped his girlfriend and admits he's ready for a fumble in the jungle. But uh, he says he's never been shy about stripping off. But he says he draws the line at showing off his manhood. It's tiny, he said. <laughs> so at least you know in advance, I suppose. At least you know in advance. Uh, the thieves who are trying to make off with the tower poppies makes all the papers today. They've repeatedly tried to steal these ceramic poppies being moved from the display. Uh, people were breaking into lorries, taking the blooms from the remembrance site, said the artist. Which is absolutely dreadful. If only there was some sort of numbering system so you could say, these are the numbers to look out for. And it would be... Fine. I mean, it's disrespectful to the people who actually make them and the people who bought them and to the people that they represent. They shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't be thieving. I don't know what they're going to do with thieving them. I'm assuming if you're thieving, then you're going to be trying to sell, try to sell them on, aren't you? But I think they've not been allowed to try and sell them on. I think what they've actually done is they're going, um, they, they've been banned from eBay so that's good. Bridget says David's going to the VIP opening night of Winter Wonderland tonight. Is it still called Winter Wonderland here in London? Is it, is it the same around the country? It is. So it's always wonderful because they've got Zippo's Circus there again and all the big American rides that'll be in. Uh, lots of pictures in the paper today after the, uh, the poor police tried to keep the protesters under control, or as I prefer to call them, the, uh, the anarchist thugs wearing hoods and balaclavas. These are supposed to be students. Students protesting about fees and things like that. These people aren't students. They're anarchist thugs out there trying to break shop windows. They just like causing trouble. So I'm glad that a lot of them got arrested. Apparently a man and a woman were held after demonstrators charged the nearby Conservative Party headquarters, attempting to push a large wheelie bin through the barriers. And then um, a police cordon was set up at a branch of Starbucks near Westminster Abbey, trapping customers inside as protesters hurled eggs and paint at the window. What on earth for? Are they stupid? The answer is, yes, they're just hell-bent on causing trouble. Uh, the police, luckily there were enough police out there to sort it out. But, I mean, that's, that's, all, that's all they do. They just go out there. They probably don't work, many of them. I shouldn't imagine they do anyway. And uh, the, the police then try and, uh, try and contain it as best they can. Uh, apparently, the charity shops in Wimbledon Village are selling new designer clothes, costing upwards of £300 for 30 quid, as the rich women can't be bothered to take them back to the shop they bought them from, so they give them away, says Kelsey. Oh, that's always been like that. That's why people go to charity shops. The chance of picking up a, a genuine bargain is quite high. 
quite high. Uh, Howard says, I gather a short-sighted customs office in Australia called the Natural History Museum. When he saw Gemma Collins, he thought they were trying to import a dangerous animal. Very cruel, very cruel, but possibly quite true at the same time. And people mourn the uh, fact that the sole superstar Jimmy Ruffin has died. His children confirmed that he had passed away in a Las Vegas hospital. There were no uh, details about the cause of death, but you remember he had been seriously ill since, I think, about October... And uh, it was uh, it was a great show. Seventy eight though, seventy eight. More on this muddy patch. Six six and a half million pounds, but it does have the fantastic sea views. I feel sorry for the people living either side of it. Well, one of them because you could knock that down, and all the people who bought there years and years ago, they're suddenly realising just how much money there is to be made uh, if you've got any property in Sandbanks or even not just Sandbanks, the centre of London. The centre of London. A group of singers from the armed forces are aiming to take the top spot in the charts at Christmas. Military Voice has drawn its members from all branches of the service, including the Royal Marine Drummers, cadets and singers from the RAF Spitfire Choir. The song is called 1914, a Christmas carol available online later this month, and it will raise money for different military charities. So that's good, isn't it? I like that idea. In fact, I knew about that because a friend of mine, Jeff Chegwin, sent me details of it and said, are you interested in doing this? I can't really. There's nowhere to put a choir in here. I wish there was. Although yesterday they did have in the building S Club 7 came in. They were here for for, for quite a while. In fact, they came in in the morning and they were still here when I left. And I left about uh, 11 o'clock yesterday. Uh, Sorry? Just hanging on. Oh, what, well, hanging on for S Club 7. I didn't see them, but... Oh, them, oh, right. But actually, there must be somebody else very famous in the building yesterday. There must have been, because there were loads of paparazzi outside. When I, I thought they were there for me, so I did the, I did the usual kind of bit. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting, in so much as you do see paparazzi outside, but if it's somebody big, then there's generally a few of them, and there were a few of them yesterday. There were a few of them yesterday. Um, Gemma flounces out of the jungle after just three days. Uh, no particular reason. No particular reason. Uh, women in their 30s earn more than men. That's what they say. They earn more than men. Um, and in recent years, full-time female workers have earned higher hourly wages than men in their 20s, but then suffer poorer pay in their 30s. Uh, the gap then widens in their 40s, 50s and 60s. But now the stats show that women are, sh- are sort of staving off the gender pay gap for longer, having a family later in life. I never understood why it was that women never got paid exactly the same as men. If you're doing the same job, why would you get paid less money? 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Mark says, my prediction, and I take no pleasure in it, is that Linda Bellingham's husband will remarry within the year. Actually, interesting enough, she wanted him to remarry. She said that. People, people say that. They say, you know, I, I don't want him to, to sit at home. I want him to, to find happiness again. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree. I think, actually, he will probably get married again, or he'll be seen with somebody. But there again, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to sit there and sort of leave it a decent... I don't know, because I'm not in that position. I don't know how, how people work. So I've got no idea whether or not, if somebody dies, you've been with them for a long time... Um, whether or not you just sort of sit there and grieve for the rest of your life, some people do, or whether or not you're actually able to form another relationship whilst pre- presumably thinking about about the last one. Remember, there was that very sad story, but touching at the same time, 
of a couple, and they died within ten minutes of each other. They were in the same nursing home, and the, the staff had pushed the two beds together, and she died, and they had to break it to him that, um, that she died. So while they were preparing her in the next bed, he passed away in the other bed. You know, one, just one of those things. People, it's, they're sort of joined, aren't they? Now, whether or not it's good... I mean, I have heard of people who've been out with somebody, then that partner has died, and then they, in a, in a short space of time... And I've probably been as critical as everybody else, because if, if my mother had, had wanted to, uh, to die... Uh, had not wanted to die, had wanted to remarry, I don't think I'd have been so happy about it. I don't know why. I, just, I would just be a bit funny. I, I can remember saying to my brother at the time, well, I hope she doesn't remarry. I, w- I wouldn't have wanted her to re- remarry at all. Perhaps that's perhaps it's terribly selfish, really. Perhaps you should just be thinking about the other person. Uh, front page of the Mail today, the Russians spy on the UK families via their webcams. Hackers use your computer to watch you at home and then post photos online. How does this happen? Apparently it's hacked home security cameras. Footage from cameras linked into household computer networks is being streamed live on rogue websites, warn privacy watchdogs. This allows anybody to spy on families in their own homes in real time. A Russian site seen by the mail shows scenes from hundreds of cameras covering living rooms, bedrooms, gardens and driveways of homes across Britain. The sites also show footage from inside offices, including images of unsuspecting workers, uh, also at takeaway outlets, and uh, even a horse in a stable. I didn't think they could. I didn't think people could do things like that, but I suppose anything is possible in this day and age. And when you get people who are actually really, really good at, at being able to hack in, I think... I think the, the the difference there is I cover up the camera. I couldn't find the camera. I couldn't find the camera. And then I suddenly realised, of course, I'm, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a lens. And it's a tiny little thing. I mean, it's the smallest camera that you've ever, ever seen. Gary says, I hope we get the snow the States are having. No, you seriously don't want... It's, it's lovely to look at. Look and marvel that they've got five feet in buffalo. But unfortunately, the rest of it... Um, You don't really want, you don't want the melting because then all the drains will be overflowing. You don't really want anything like that, do you? Well, I don't think you do. I'm I'm pretty certain you don't want it. I mean, I like snow, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm the biggest fan of snow and Christmas and and all that kind of stuff. But when I look at how much snow they've had in America and these freak storms, I'm thinking, oh, we don't want it over here. But we might get the icy blasts afterwards. The icy blasts afterwards could be the things that make it very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, (laughs) Mark thinks that Katie Price and Gemma Collins could have moulds made of their faces and then sell the castings as gargoyles. Yes. I don't know. I can't remember where gargoyles originated. I know that you find them on churches and they use them as as sort of outlets for the water and stuff like that, but I can't remember why they were there. I cannot remember. Uh, Patsy, a very big uh, fan of mine and a very happy birthday, says little Julie to her. So, Pat or Patsy, many happy returns of the day. We don't do ages on this programme. I've decided it's a lot easier to not do ages on the programme. Uh, I do do the weather, though, for you. Mostly dry, mist or fog patches thinning, and the mist or fog patches will thin slowly during the morning, most parts seeing a few bright or sunny intervals by the afternoon and staying mainly dry, the high 10 degrees centigrade. Currently, it's about 7, so you can realise that today it ain't going to be too warm. Tonight, dry overnight, a few clear spells at first becoming generally cloudy, mist and low cloud developing quite widely, and tomorrow, few bright spells at first, but generally cloudy, dry at first, but some outbreaks of rain are likely to spread in later in the morning. Southeast winds will strengthen, and from Saturday through to Monday, Saturday through to Monday, uh, it's going to be cloudy, 
Mostly dry on Saturday, that's good. Perhaps a little rain in the west, generally rather cloudy Sunday and Monday, with some outbreaks of rain likely. It's typical. I did predict the other day on the programme, I did say that, unfortunately, we are going into a wet season. A wet season. Not, not so good. Uh, 84850, steve at I agree with you, Barry, about... Um, I need to... See, the trouble is, you know, people write things in. I need to get them checked out factually, because otherwise you get yourself into a lot of trouble. But I agree that uh, celebrities who use offshore uh, accounting and uh, it's all done to avoid tax or to certainly reduce your tax bill are as guilty as politicians who do the same kind of thing. Anybody who doesn't pay their right amount of tax. I mean, I would love a scheme. To be, to, truth be told, every single person listening, if your accountant, if you're self-employed, said to you, listen, I've got a scheme whereby you put all your money into this account and uh, you don't pay very much tax on it, everybody go, that's good. And they go, is it legal? And they go, yes. And then all of a sudden they start closing down all these legal loopholes for all these people who've been operating them for years. And when you look at how much these celebrities earn, presumably you want to make sure that you can hang on to it for some time, that you can actually get you know, some sort of return on your money. So if you're earning, say, I don't know, if, if you're a celebrity, it would be within the bounds of possibility, as you know, because Jonathan Shallot has told us this, uh, for a celebrity, even a minor person on TOWIE, to pick up £500,000 for the year. You wouldn't have to work too hard to pick up half a million pounds. So some of them are probably earning a lot of money. The problem is that there's no longevity in it. It's it's short-lived. So whatever job Gemma Collins gets for coming out the jungle early, early about £15,000, I reckon. That's the figure that's been banded around. Uh, because somebody wrote to me yesterday and said, oh, no, if, uh, provided she does 72 hours, she gets the full whack. No, 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 that went out ages ago. Ages and ages ago. It only, uh, it only happens now in very, very rare cases. Because why would a company want to pay somebody £100,000 who's going to literally walk in the jungle and go, I don't want to be here, and walk out again? They're not going to give you the fee. So that's why she'll probably get... It's a percentage. Her agent said it's a percentage based on how many days she's done. So she's done three days and she'll get the percentage of the fee. You know, depending on how long they think she was going to last anyway. So she'll end up with that. She'll have got money from doing her exclusive to the sun. That, that could be a £6,000 thing. Five to six. Between five and eight, I would think. I think they'd be mad if they wanted to pay any more. Unless they've done a longer interview and they're going to spread it out. I can't really think, you know, why they would want to pay too much money. It's a bit of a non-story. Her drug-dealing boyfriend, who's just come out of prison after five years, not exactly a light sentence, um, is the reason that she's got secret agony. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's just a case of she didn't want to do it. I think from the moment she walked in there, even before then, I think she'd actually decided uh, that she didn't want to go there. And she knew that she was going to get some sort of money coming out, so she'd have just come out. Whether they have contact with their agents while they're in there, I don't know. I'm always slightly curious about things like that as to whether or not they've actually got some deal going on where, you know, at the end of each day, their agent can talk to them. Uh, the Christmas launch uh, the other day, which had Amy Childs in it, um, very festive, they just say, in a low-cut, sparkly black dress. I'm assuming she was just there to open the show. I can't think of anything else. She was on the, uh, the red carpet with... a. Olivia Wilde. I don't even know who Olivia Wilde is. Frankie Essex has lost two stone. Sorry, the buzz in the business is Frankie who? Nobody has any idea. But the one thing you are all getting now is Christmas ideas. Christmas ideas because all the markets and all the shops are just full of decorations. Most of the Christmas tree decorations and the Christmas lights are up in London. 
Uh, we don't like the Christmas tree in Trafalgar Square just yet. I haven't even looked, actually, as, as to whether or not it's even arrived. I have a feeling it's not arrived yet. Because normally you sort of see it, because you know I went there one year and uh, helped to cut it down. So that's why. But Amy Childs turned up wearing, you know, I mean, what's the point of her being there? No point. So they take a few pictures of Amy Childs and she says, this season I've really sat down, looked at all the catwalk and high street trends and come up with pieces that aren't just my style and suit all trends and women. So she's obviously got, got some sort of uh, a capsule of party wear just in time for Christmas. How naff. How naff. I love the way that, that she seriously believes that she sort of designs all this kind of stuff. That's what's so sweet, actually. Thank you, Diana. She says, I was just out of shot taking my pictures. You took some pictures, didn't you? You did take some pictures. There is no doubt in my mind. 17 minutes to uh, six o'clock and uh, some more coming in now. Uh, Kevin says, some years ago, I served a couple on a round in Bow who'd been married 61 years and they died within a week of each other. Happy birthday to the lovely Patsy. 39, obviously. And no snow here, please. No, Kevin the Milkman and I don't want... Do you remember we, we came outside the Magic Circle a few years back and it, during the show... Because I always do a, a charity show at the Magic Circle every Christmas. And this year it's on New Year's Day. Details on the Magic Circle website. But we looked out of the window at the back of the theatre. And somebody said to me, it's snowing. It was a bit like a scene out of White Christmas. And, um, and we looked out there. And it, I went, oh, that's really pretty. And then it, as we were watching it, it appeared to get heavier. When we went outside the front of the building after the show, my car was covered completely. I mean, there must have been a foot of snow on the top of the car. It was absolutely terrible. Lovely, but, you know, to try and turn the car round because then the snow impacts and then it gets a bit icy and a bit slippery. A little bit dangerous. Uh, Ree is in uh, Primrose Hill, says, I'm up early today as I've got a very sore throat. I mainly listen to you on podcast. Such good value, the podcast. From as little as £2 a month, you can download everything on LBC. Just go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you can find out all the details and how you can just renew your subscription, and then everything is sent to you. So everything you order arrives there, and you can download all the programmes on LBC, everything, and you can go back into the archives. All of my uh, in-conversations are available, not all at the same time, because they... Uh, we only go back so many years now, and then they drop... As we add more stuff onto the site, the other end drops off. So my advice is try and download as much as you can. Always useful. Quarter to six. Eve Allen on LBC. Coming up with Nick Ferrari and the team this morning as controversial self-appointed dating guru Julian Blank is banned from entering the UK. Nick will be asking, is it censorship? Plus, why was a school downgraded by Ofsted for being too English? And can the Bible make children more well-rounded? Join Nick Ferrari this morning from 7, straight after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Paper reviewer today is Hugh Muir, assistant editor of The Guardian, who'll be live in the studio. Uh, I once, Steve, asked my mum if she'd ever considered remarrying 25 years after my dad died. She looked at me as if I was mad and simply replied, Son, I'm married to your father. And that's exactly what Christine says. I knew I could never remarry after losing my husband at 45. Couldn't give the same to another man. Wouldn't have been fair. I know. People will say that, though, don't they? You know, oh, you know, you will, you will find happiness again. And, and some people, you know, derive pleasure just from being around the people that they like. You know, around the... Around sort of family and friends and things like that. And you sort of... But I, I, I did feel a bit odd about it. I must be brutally honest. If, if my mum had remarried, I'm not sure I could have taken to that at all. It's odd, isn't it? When you think about it, you think, why would you want to deny somebody happiness? And all I keep thinking of is, 
you know, well, what about us? So I was becoming really selfish about it. Really, really selfish. Luckily, it never happened. Luckily, it never happened, although there was a man who turned up to my dad's funeral and my mum was chatting to him and it turned out that he was the other great love of her life. But because you don't know anything about your parents, you don't, do you? You know nothing. You, you, you never ask them any questions. You just assume that your parents got together and, and then they had you and that was it. But you should really ask them about what their life was like before they met you. What were they doing? Where did they go? I think parents should write it all down. My dad did. He, d- he did me a 20-page letter, uh, which was given to me as a baby. And it was detailing everything about their life before I came along. And he'd, he said, and as I'm writing this, because my dad was a great letter writer. You know, people were in those days. And he said, you know, I'm waiting for the plane to arrive, bringing you and, uh, and your mum. Looking forward to seeing you and, and telling me everything about their life before I, I came along. Because I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, I still can't read the letter now. I still don't, I'm none the wiser. I haven't read it properly. Because, A, his writing's a bit difficult to read. And, and secondly, you sort of, you cry all the way through it, so it's a bit difficult. But I'd love to have found out exactly. I've seen old family pictures, you know. I knew what, you know, where all the family lived. We're mainly Gants Hill and around, uh, around that area of London. Redbridge and uh, Gants Hill. What else is around Gants Hill? I'm trying to think what else is around. And, of course, I've been past it. I've been through, through Gants Hill before. Many times. And I've, I've been to where my grandmother used to live. But that's where all the family came from. But it's so funny, when you look at all the old family pictures, go dig your own out today. You'll, you'll do yourself a favour and marvel at how few cars there are on the road. And how few cars there are on the road. You know, you could look at a road and it'll be in the middle of the day, there'll be two cars on it, or sometimes one car. And that's all the world. Now you can't find parking for love nor money. Find a place with parking on it. You know, that's almost the bonus, isn't it, I think? Uh, Steve... Uh, read the big centred baby that is Gemma Collins. The people I feel sorry for are the poor passengers on the long-haul flight home. A crying child is bad enough, but that would be torture. Yes, but you know what happens, Lynn, don't you? You know that they stay out there now for the remainder until the programme finishes. Then they all come back together again. I thought, well, that's how it used to operate. So, in other words, the Versace Hotel is literally just a hop, skip and a jump there, and that's where they all stay. They stay stay at the Versace and it's all very lovely, and I'm assuming at this precise... No, she'll be, she'll be on her tenth breakfast, I would think, by now. She'll be shoving it down as fast as possible. She, so she gets a bit of money. So for three days' work, or three days' work, three days' crying, she hasn't actually had to do anything. They do pay money. Great shame. Linda Bellingham's son, front page, I mentioned earlier on, and it is, it is sad. He reckons that had they done proper tests on Linda Bellingham, they could have found the cancer, because they didn't find it for 18 months. He said they actually could have sorted that out, and he believes she could have been saved by uh, a colonoscopy, which involves putting cameras into the bowel area so you can see if there's anything there. But they didn't find it for 18 months, and he thinks that she could have been saved. And I I know exactly how he feels, and you would feel the same if your mum died. Now the uh, funeral has finished, and uh, all the, the stuff has sort of died off. Now you start questioning. Now you start asking yourself, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why was this not found? It happens all the time. Everybody asks questions about when they, when they lose somebody. Could you have done this? Could you have done that? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Where, where's the consultant? Why didn't you do this? I mean, she had cancer for 18 months before it was found. So you can understand he's getting... He's slightly peeved. And, you know, you can understand that he's lost his mum. You shouldn't have to lose your mum. I think, I think they should be with you forever. 
I think mum, mums and dads should just stay with you, and they should never age. And so now he's, he's sort of going through that, that horrible stage in his life where he's questioning everything, and he's an angry person. And I understand exactly where it is. She said she had an annual checkup and regular test to detect blood in the stools, a key sign of bowel cancer, but they were all negative. Her only symptoms at diagnosis were indigestion and breathlessness. It says, they're, they're saying in the paper today, don't want to worry anybody, but uh, if you've had a cough for a long time, they say that could be, be the onset of leukaemia or something like that. Well, I was doing something the other day, and I said, oh, I've had a cough for about a month. And Clive, who looks after the podcasting and, uh, and um, um, Nick's programme as well, he said to me, he said, you've had a cough for about three years. And I thought, oh, do you think there's something... Perhaps I should read more into that. I'm trying not to. I try not to read into it. Uh, more horrible pictures today. A cruel carer hitting a disabled boy. Uh, the suspicious parents filmed him secretly at home. They watched in horror. Paul and Julie Rowlands had turned detective when Zach flinched as they moved suddenly during a visit to his care home. And it turns out that he was being hit. He was being hit by Stanley Nkenger, who hit him on the head and called him a stupid boy. The carer has now been jailed. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is, this is child abuse. And so what they're doing, this couple, they've been campaigning for ages to have cameras in care homes all the time. Because you obviously get people who go into working care homes and they just, they just hit people. We've had it before. We've had elderly people put in boiling hot baths who've died as a result. But uh, the father, Paul Rowland, said, seeing that man do this to my son, Zach, sent a chill down my spine. The Priory Group said Nkea was sacked immediately after his totally unacceptable actions were discovered and said we are deeply sorry for this impact. Why do they not check? Why do any of these care homes not check on these people? I mean, is it obviously somebody just turns up and says, I want to work, and it's so difficult to find people who want to work in this kind of caring business that they'll just take people on? I mean, you can use hidden cameras, but to be honest with you, you shouldn't really have to, should you? You shouldn't really have to actually take a hidden camera in to a home in the hope that you're going to catch somebody. But it was only because he flinched as they walked past that they suddenly realised that maybe something wasn't quite right. And they were absolutely right to do that. And so now the man has been uh, jailed. But it's appalling to think that this, this is probably going on even as we speak. Even as we speak, somebody somewhere is being abused, not treated with the respect which you would expect somebody to, to, to receive when they go into one of these homes. Uh, Gloria in Denmark, they have to change their tyres over to winter ones. They do it in, uh, in a lot of very cold countries. They either put special tyres on or chains on their tyres. The council have put along the road fluorescent indicator sticks to show the edge of the roads and the edges of obstacles, such as roundabouts. Strangely mild for the time of year, but we're all geared up and ready for when the white stuff drops. When does it drop, Gloria? Is there, is there a, a set time when you know that between now and the end of the month there's going to be a lot of snow coming down? Is that, is that how it works? I'm assuming so. Because when we went to Luosto years ago, and somebody sent me a lovely piece on going to uh, the Arctic Circle, and we stayed in Luosto, because it was, it was just... I don't know what it looks like, you know, normally. We only saw it covered in snow, and it was beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. I'm, I'm not sure if I'd want to live out there. I wouldn't mind probably living out there, you know, for sort of a few months of the year to entertain all the people who are coming out to visit Father Christmas. 
It's all very well podcasting, says David, but if I want to email you during the programme, I've still got to get up at four. I don't have a problem with people getting up at four. I think I've changed a lot of people's sleeping habits. I think that's, I think that's why people have to get up at four. You, you can email. Well, you, can, you could send an email any time. It doesn't just come in during the programme. The emails stack up. Uh, Diana says, I only took 75 photos yesterday. And the reason I took the photo of the booze counter was because it was the only stall we found giving out free samples. I tried a Sambuco licorice, lovely, and a couple of vodkas. We were given a thimbleful. Could have been a smaller container if they tried. They generally put it in a little tiny paper sort of cup. I mean, it's the smallest thing you've ever seen. But, that's, but we ended up buying toffee vodka. And it's vodka that tastes of toffee. And, you know, I've had it. I must have had it now for about two years. I can't get the top off. I need to get one of those things for taking the tops off. I can't take it off at all. I've nearly broken my wrist trying to do it. Never mind. Eventually, I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. Hope it improves with age. I'm with you till 6.30 this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We'll run through the front pages of the papers. I think you've got a rough idea what's what's going on in the world at the moment. Some good stories, some sad stories, and some stories you wish had never seen the light of day. The Met detective's fears over the child's sex ring cover-up. Uh, can psychics really predict the exact date of a death? They claim that one in the paper can. It's a bit vague, a bit vague rat, a bit, a bit vague rat. The love rat, Milkman, sacked for going on the Jeremy Kyle show. He took a sickie. The town that's under siege by gypsies. Mel B's got that role in Coronation Street. And uh, an ex-model has alleged an assault by Bill Cosby. Goes back about 30 years. And the censors and poor old Baddington. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. The good news is that hotel couple from yesterday who went to the hotel in Blackpool, they wrote on TripAdvisor, it was a ghastly hovel, and they got charged £100 because there's some little clause in the thing in the hotel. I'd have paid cash and then they wouldn't have your credit card. But anyway, they've got their money back. And the hotel have said that they're going to improve things. Then it turned out that Noreen stayed there as well. Uh, thieves are targeting the ceramic poppies. They're trying to steal them. Horrible people, horrible people. Uh, why the uh, the censors have actually got it in uh, for Paddington. I'm a big fan of Paddington. I'm sorry. I'm really quite, quite depressed about the whole thing. Uh, chivalry is dead, claims Terry Wogan. Nobody holds doors open anymore. People don't stand up so you can sit down going on in life? Rupert's going to have a very uh, busy day. A very busy day. Do you know what? You must be psychic, Rupert. You really must be. Um, Rupert, <laughs> I'll just explain briefly. I was going home about might have been six months ago now and as I'm going down the road with my friend Graham, who I catch up on on the train, um, this guy came up to me and said, you're Steve Allen. And he had a cup of coffee. And it was over the road from the police station in Twickenham, one of the very few police stations that's actually open, and it's, it's quite busy. Although they don't use the cells, I discovered the other day. They don't use the cells. We've only got five cells there. Not that I'm thinking of booking in any time soon. But anyway, so he was, he was going off on a, on a job, but he doesn't live in Twickenham. I said, You're not, uh, people say to me, I'm a policeman, and I know, I know lots of police officers. And I said, you sure you're a police officer? And then he, pulled his, and he was wearing his jersey. Anyway, uh, he seems to get called into the Twickenham area quite a lot to go off and do these things. And he's, uh, he's, on, he's on Twitter as well. He's obviously quite good at guitar. But literally the other day I was thinking, it's odd because he's not been in Twickenham for a while. Blow me down today. What do I get? Text message from him. It's funny, isn't it? So does that make me psychic? 
Does this mean that when you see somebody in the paper today who is claiming to be psychic because they, uh, they predicted somebody's death, does that make you psychic or is that, or is that just quite clever guesswork? You know, could you... I mean, I used to say I could look at people and I could tell if they weren't going to go for much longer. I don't know why. You know, there's a look that goes with people. You go, God... You know, when you say to somebody, gosh, you look ill. It's because you really mean it. I mean, you know, the producer looks fine. You know, but you can tell if somebody's ill, they've got a look to them. They sort of, you know, either they get a bit sallow or they go very pale or something like that. But uh, anyway, I don't know why I mentioned it. I mentioned it, that's right, because there's a double-page spread in one of the papers today on is this woman psychic? They, they dig it up every so often, and the answer is no, probably she's not. Probably she's not psychic. Front pages of the papers, ladies and gentlemen, for you this morning, uh, before Nick Ferrari comes along at seven. Lisa Razzie's got morning news at half past. Um, just quickly, on the toffee vodka... Can't get the lid off. When you pop round to Lorraine and I in Gilston, bring it with you, I guarantee, says Neil, I'll get it open. I'll even get Kevin round to help. He knows how to handle a glass bottle. <laughs> I, just, I have tried everything. I don't know whether it's sticky or something. I don't know what it is. But it's, it's a big bottle of toffee vodka. And it's, you know when you drink... And I don't drink vodka that often because it's so easy to drink. It, it can make you a little bit squiffy a bit quickly. So I tend not to... Yeah, just a little tiny bit is enough for me. I'm not... Uh, I, I have drunk vodka before, and I love Belvedere. Belvedere is one of my favourite vodkas. And if you go to Selfridges, downstairs in their booze divan, they've got vodkas I've never even heard of. Never even heard of. They're big bottles, little bottles, bottles with... There was one of them which had gold flecks in it. And I thought, I didn't know there were this many vodkas out there. But there are. But I'm going to have another try today. I've got a thing at home for taking bottle tops off. But what I don't want to do is sort of do it, and it breaks the bottle. That really would be a disaster. Uh, front page of the Metro. Let's start with the Metro today. And they say, banned, vile pickup artist denied a visa. This was very interesting because Ollie Mann spent a lot of time talking about this, saying, really, this man should not be denied a visa because he hasn't actually done anything. What he's doing, it's, it's sort of part comedy that's gone horribly wrong. This is, you know, everybody's got ideas about, you know, how, how you date people. And I don't know what the simple answer... I've really got no idea. I was always rubbish at things like this. You know, the, the, the whole picking up process just totally eludes me. Some people are brilliant. You know, I, I tried the, you know, going up to somebody going, get your coat, you've pulled. You know, and that doesn't work. You know, that, they just sort of look at you with, with pity and sympathy in their eyes. So I've suddenly realised I'm just not any good at this thing. But I wouldn't want to go along to this because people have said, oh, it's, it's just too rude and it's sort of grab a girl. And then loads of people signed a petition. But I don't think they've actually seen what he does. He's tried to explain that it's, you know, at some point he will be coming in the country. I have no doubt of it in my mind. But it's a case of they're, they're sort of reacting, going, oh, no, he sort of recommends you have to do this and that. He's saying, no, this was, it's a comedy thing. But anyway, people have said he's a disruptive influence. I thought we got more disruptive influences out there. So they've denied him a visa and, and he's not coming here. OK, simple as that. So all the people... I don't know who bought tickets for it. I don't know whether you buy tickets or it's free. I've got no idea at all. Uh, Money Talks. Gemma Collins has walked out of the jungle, as I predicted on LBC. Uh, loads of other people. Daniela Westbrook managed nine days before she did the usual breakdown. Pathetic waste of space. Natalie Appleton walked out in 2004. Elaine Lawden. Kimberly Davis. Glutton for punishment. Poor old Kikati Price. She only made nine days. Nigel Havers left, telling campmates, I cannot waste another second of my life. 
So there you go. And uh, now she's done it as well. And uh, she's done an exclusive interview with The Sun, who put her on the front page. And, uh, they, you know, and she said here, secret agony made me quit the jungle. The secret agony was the boyfriend who apparently trashed her house. That was it. That was it. So quite clearly, she's either really short of friends who can look after things, uh, or she's just a complete waste of space. Uh, jungle star Craig Charles. You see, I mean, I don't, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody walks out the jungle, I think you just totally ignore them. You just leave them. Somebody sent me, um, um, a text message, actually, saying that they'd been to the, uh, the Ideal Home show, and who was it? I think it was, I think it was a taxi driver. He said he'd been there because we were asking the, uh, the question, uh, what was Amy Childs doing there? And apparently she had a stand at the show selling clothes. She was serving on it. People weren't taking much notice, says Go Cabby. And he says Peter Andre had a, a stand selling aftershave and perfume. He wasn't there. It was being run by his manager, Claire. I like, so some of the reasons I like Claire. I think she could sell any old rubbish to anybody. I, re- I really do believe she can do that. Let's face it, she masterminded Katie Price's career. She's managed to make, uh, you know, Peter Andre reasonably interesting. I still don't think he's the brightest penny in the box. And I think she's got Amy Childs as well. And what they do is, I'm assuming they must have got some sort of deal on it. So Amy Childs has pictures taken outside. Peter Andre's obviously elsewhere, perhaps having, you know, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but he obviously couldn't be bothered to go and sell his uh, aftershave and perfume. The good news is that some of it, his insania, was on sale in Poundland. So that's good news. I mean, I never buy into celebrity perfumes. Never mind. I'm not re- remotely interested in a celebrity perfume. I remember when they brought out a Jade Goody one and Katie Price's. But they're all pitched at a certain market. They're all about 20 quid. And 20 quid is kind of, that's kind of the mark for that sort of thing. Unfortunately, the, the aftershaves I buy are a bit more expensive. Not the most expensive, but I do spend 50, 55 quid on a bottle of aftershave. But then, you know, but I've used the same aftershave for years. Occasionally, I, I try something different. But I would never, ever in a million years try anything that's got the name Peter Andre on it. Not for any other reason, apart from, you know, it's just celebrity endorsement. Uh, so Craig makes the front page of the paper. Craig Charles, uh, he's going to come out of the jungle because suddenly his uh, elder brother, Dean, has died. Uh, he had a bar, I think, over in Spain. Apparently, according to his ex-wife, he was very, very fit and everything else. So I think that Craig will have to uh, to come back home again, which is very sad. Uh, the Sun is the paper, not the... I got it wrong with the mail. Can this woman see the future? No, she can't. Nobody can see the future. Otherwise, you know, you be, people ask the same question, don't they? What are the lottery numbers? They don't know. They know no more than you do. I could hazard a guess and say this week, one of the lottery numbers is three, one is six, and one is 29. Now, there might be those people listening who think that maybe Steve Allen could be a bit psychic. Could be a bit psychic, but uh, but I'm not. I was with Rupert, though. I was a little bit psychic with Rupert, who's probably in- engaged in something probably quite exciting at the moment. Very busy. Very busy. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Apparently, according to Jackie, the best way to open a bottle uh, that won't open is to run the neck of the bottle under a hot tap. Works every time. Try it, she says. You've got nothing to lose. Yes. And Vin. Vin says, um, if, if you were... Oh, no, it's not. It's the wrong one. He says, your persistent cough may be the result of an allergy, possibly to dust mites or hairs from mice in the studio. Mice in the studio? What do you mean, mice in the studio? Where? Where mice in the studio? They used to, we used to have a little box down in the corner for mice, and I used to have a producer who, who used to panic, and I, I only had to say the word mice, and she'd say, Steve, stop it. 
She used to get really cross with me, really, really cross with me. And so, of course, if, if somebody says that to... Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong thing there. Uh, if somebody says that to me, it makes me worse. Yes, Warren, I'm absolutely getting your text messages. Panic not. We are in the real world. 6.15. Steve Allen on LBC. Get Nick Ferrari and the team this morning with breakfast on LBC at 7 as controversial self-appointed dating guru Julian Blank is banned from entering the UK. Nick will be asking, is it censorship? Plus, why was a school downgraded by Ofsted for being too English? And can the Bible make children more well-rounded? Nick and the team will be here at 7. That's just after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Look at the papers. Hugh Muir, assistant editor of The Guardian, will be live in the studio. Uh, so, you've got the front page of The Sun. You've got exclusive interview Gemma. I don't know what they would have paid her for that. I mean, I find it absolutely appalling that somebody doesn't actually do anything apart from cry for a few a few days and they get given money because her drug-dealing boyfriend apparently trashed her house. It's all very disastrous, isn't it? The Daily Mirror, the only way is exit. Well, as we, as we predicted on LBC, there was no way she was ever going to run the course or even win it. I noticed that the out-of-touch, horribly out-of-touch, Susanna Reid goes, she could win it. And I think Denise Van Outen said she could win it. She's strong. She was the most pathetic person I'd ever seen in there. Uh, Mum could have been alive. Linda's son reveals his heartache. I have every sympathy for him. The Daily Mail are running with Britain's absurd film censors getting it in for Paddington. They've given him a PG rating. Paddington, I know. Michael Bond at 88. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. What, what do you mean? Sexual references. And now, in one of the other papers, they're talking about Winnie the Pooh, who apparently they're not going to use in a, in a children's playground because he's dubious sexuality. Winnie the Pooh. I mean, admittedly, his best friend was Piglet and Eeyore. I mean, I think that's slightly odd. Do you not think that's slightly peculiar? No, just me again. And, um... Christopher Robin, but I mean, Pooh, he just used to go into the woods, didn't he, and sit there and they had sort of adventures. I didn't actually... Why do they want to change things? Why do things have to become so complicated? Uh, On the subject of the snow in Denmark, Gloria says most year, because I was inquiring because they haven't got the snow yet, but they've had to change the tyres on the car and they put um, posts in by the side of the road so you can see where the the kerb is in case you want to drive onto it. Uh, She says uh, most year starts around November, December. It has snowed from mid-November to the end of March, without a melt. Last year wasn't too bad at all. It waited until January. Our little community here in the woods pay the local farmer to keep the track roads clear. He does a great job. Never got snowed in yet. Fortunately, everything keeps moving. I was amazed when we went to Loosto, where you parked your cars in the car park, they had a plug-in thing which plugged into your engine, presumably to keep your engine warm. Perhaps the cars over there are built with heaters in. Because I think for six months of the year in Loosto, which is inside the Arctic Circle, uh, it's dark. They have this semi-dark thing. It's dark light. So you've got lights on all the time. But it is beautiful. I mean, it really is absolutely beautiful. Times this morning. Uh, Wait times of half for the latest NHS drugs. I have no complaints about the NHS. I know that every time LBC ever does a phone-in on the NHS, people say, oh, my mother died and she was waiting for this and waiting for that. I've always had nothing but good things to say about the NHS. Always. I've always been extremely grateful for the, uh, for the care that, uh, that I get. Uh, UKIP say more Tories are ready to defect. The Daily Telegraph. EU must change or we quit. And uh, Prince Parry and the Oman sword fight. This is uh, Prince Harry out there again. Have you noticed how the younger members of the royal family seem to be getting loads of coverage now? Loads and loads of coverage. Anthony, the black cab driver. Morning, Anthony. He says, read your toffee vodka. Try running. Try, 
Try running the top of the bottle under hot water for about 60 seconds, then use a tea towel to turn the metal lid off. Anthony, do I sound like I'm a man who possesses a tea towel? As we did a whole programme on LBC, or, or somebody did the other day, on what germs they, uh, they carry. <laughs> Michael, the producer. <laughs> Trust you to get the interpretation wrong, as usual. <laughs> Making it sound like poo's up to no good. Of course he isn't. Uh, Warren has got a stinking headache again. Told you about these headaches. He said, uh, yes, you shouldn't, you really. Seriously, once he gets in front of his computer, you know, LBC takes a back seat and I'm not, I'm not happy. Not happy. With a bottle of toffee vodka, though, we could be very, very happy. Uh, very quickly, not that I advocate drinking at this time of the morning. Uh, best way, he said, it's everybody else saying the same, put the same as Jackie. CJ says, re your mum. Don't think you were selfish. Being apprehensive about your mum getting another partner is natural. You were just protecting her because you cared. I'll so, tell you what it was. I just didn't want to think that my dad would be sort of sitting up there on a cloud going, oh, she's found somebody else. Because they didn't, they didn't know anybody else. Well, they knew lots of people. But they just had one of those, those marriages. Diner in Richmond reckons a rubber glove. Do you know, and I've got rubber gloves at home. Don't ask why. I've got a box of 200 of latex gloves. And I bought them from Lakelinks. So I thought they'd be fairly useful. I didn't think about that, actually. Uh, Dave says, Gemma Collins on the front of the sun. I didn't know it had changed into a broadsheet. <laughs> Everybody else saying, um, saying use, use rubber gloves. All very big on the rubber gloves today. Uh, talking of taking lids off, David and I, says Bridget, struggled for 15 minutes to get a lid off a tin of Jay's fluid yesterday. In the end, David attacked it like Basil Fawlty, attacking the car. Eventually, the lid came off. <laughs> it's all too, it's too much stress for me. I, don't, I, don't, I shouldn't be allowed to do stress, especially not on a Thursday when I can go home today, because I haven't got any interviews. And Charlie Girling, yes, I did bring the mug in, and it's on your desk, and it's signed as well. In fact, I nearly forgot it, but then I remembered it. You see, I'm being actually quite good today. It's all happened very well. Rupert's been in contact again. He's being a bit busy this morning. Charlie's checking in with the programme. Michael, James O'Brien's producer,'s got his own agenda. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going home. So there you go. I'll have a free podcast for you up in about 30 minutes this morning. And you can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you like. Download the LBC app or there's TuneIn Radio 2. It's on lbc.co.uk. And if you missed any of today's show, there is also our fantastic podcast service. Coming up at 7, Nick Ferrari and the team. But next, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. This is LBC. LBC.